0: and we are live welcome back to the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals i'm steven and i'm tyler and we have noelle rubenstein on the podcast today she is a social media manager uh as part of the digital world of the entertainment industry but for wayfarer studios so she is combining that digital uh, side with entertainment yep she's they, doing it
1: all they produce podcasts they produce film and tv she's doing stuff for the digital space and social media boom boom and bam and let's talk about wayfair studios they are pushing the boundaries and challenging the conventional ways of a hollywood studio
0: yes they are a new studio that is doing it different they got movies like five feet apart clouds movies about people and things
1: that you don't necessarily see on the screen on a day-to-day basis lots of adversity lots of stories that are untold, and, and, you know, Noelle even tells us about, she. That, those are the stories she wants to tell. Yes, th- she does. She says she's a fan of YA, and she's a fan of things
0: that are different, things that are new, and she wants to be a part of that, and she made that
1: clear, and that's exactly what she's doing now. She's part of this engine at Wayfair that is all about inclusivity and equality, and she has the opportunity to push these ideas out to the masses at the studio, so... Really cool on her part to to get into this company. And, you know, we say on
0: this podcast sometimes it's important not to compare yourself to people. Noelle is one of those people that you should not compare yourself to because she is a go-getter. A lot easier said than done, Steve. (laughs) I know, right? She reads so much every year. She would say she reads 50 books a year. She got her job before she even ended college. She was going into her senior year. She is... Uh, and she's younger than both of us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's important not also, to Also, let's herself. mention
1: <laughs> she was your internship coordinator. Yeah, she was my boss. Yeah, and
0: uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to bring her back on the podcast, catch up with her. Yeah. And, you know, so let's see her. Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming all the way here.
2: Yeah, ten minutes. minutes. (laughs) And I was still late. (laughs) No, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Now we're here. Now we're having a good time. Mm -hmm.
1: So you guys know each other, don't you? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes, we do. His boss. Yes. Noel was my (laughs)
0: boss. Crazy Uh, enough. (laughs) Was it two and a half years ago?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. You were an intern at Atlas. I was at an Atlas. intern at
0: Atlas Entertainment, and you were my internship coordinator, coordinator.
2: slash AV editor slash <laughs> AV
0: editor at Atlas Entertainment. What a what a good company!
2: Yeah, what a great time, a great place to learn. Great Spent many learn. years there. Yes, you did. Yeah, and was uh, a boss to people my own age, which was fascinating to learn in itself. Yeah, but it you was were, good.
0: You were my age.
2: Yeah, when did you graduate?
0: Twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, same. So I I graduated <laughs> at the same time as you. And at
0: the time, she was already my boss. <laughs> and you it, and you it interviewed him, right? Though. Yeah, I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah.
2: And he, I remember Stephen was in like I want to say you were wearing a tie. I don't what know why that? I remember you wearing a tie. A, am it am
1: I, I, sounds I, pretty. Annoying. I might have worn a tie.
0: You sounds were pretty, pretty formal, bad. which I, wore, I get. I wore a button down. I th- yeah. I, is that oh wrong no no, that's, that's you were good. no but i remember
2: like you said you were in rome and it was 1 a.m and mm-hmm. you were like still dressed formal and i was like all right this kid's in it like yeah, yeah, yeah. he might <laughs> be in me. it to win it that's what
1: he knew. that's all i needed
0: to do yeah I, I don't even think we had the interview it was just you saw what i was wearing yeah and i was like hired, <laughs> hired. that's I, how you get into hollywood i do remember you would tell me that you had some interviews of like people <laughs> That were, like, eating lunch somewhere. Oh, and like, my they would God. just answer their phone. I
2: <laughs> learned more about our generation being an intern coordinator than I would have anywhere else. <laughs> and how good we are as employees versus other people. I just, some of these kids would, like, start these interviews. And she was, like, had her hood on. She was in this cafeteria. And, like, everyone's around her. Her friends were around <laughs> her. She's, like, eating salad. She was, like, hey, what's up? Like, one sec. My friend's talking to me what did you ask? And I was
1: like, (laughs) it
2: doesn't matter. I think we're good. Like, I think think that's all all I need need to know. And like, best of luck. That reminds me of that
1: TikTok account where that guy goes right, on right. interviews <laughs> and he's like going to the drive-thru at McDonald's and he's like, tries to pretend that he's not ordering through a drive-thru. He's like, I'll have a chicken sandwich, please. He's like, are you in a drive-thru? He's like, no, 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 no. It's
2: so good. And I swear, like, Zoom culture now is so much like that. Like, are you guys in meetings where, like, everyone's in the car and they're like, oh, one sec, like, just picking up my kids from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I,
0: like
2: I doing like, sorry, my mom's in the car. She says hi.
1: There's,
0: there's no. No bounds between personal life.
2: No, the boundaries are, are
0: gone.
1: I need that though. I need that boundary. I feel yeah. like I like I don't want to work. I don't want to work where I live and like. It's hard. I've been
0: working from home for the past week and I hate it. It I, takes what, such you an know, adjustment. You know, like don't, where you eat. don't shit where you eat. Yeah.
1: yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like uh, doing that it's a little uh, gross it's so, awful it's pretty obvious like yeah. don't do that don't, but once don't don't
2: you like it. once you get acclimated to it i don't know i love like hanging out with my dog all day Pros i love being promise. able to nice. go on walks mm-hmm. yeah, especially i love the like dog. not having to get fully like dolled up and i love doing laundry while i work that's fair
0: <laughs> it does save time i will say Saves a lot of time there's uh, there's an hour of my day that's spent going to work and probably another yeah. 20 minutes of my day getting ready to go to and work.
2: there's other times i don't know about you guys but like i'm very social at work mm-hmm. and i get very distracted when other people are talking to me so i feel like i get more done now at home because it's just me and I'm not getting like distracted. So on you're
1: self-disciplined. Yes. That's a good thing. I'm perfect. It's, very, it's a very good quality to have. No,
2: no, no. But <laughs> I, I say like my dream world would be we go to like a hybrid model where mm. you go in half the week.
0: Yes. Home or time. like you can go in if you want to go in or you don't have
1: to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a little optional.
2: Yeah, I like that. I'm here for
1: that. So what are you doing now?
2: What am I doing now? So I recently started a new job. How recent? Um, pretty, it feels so recent because it just happened so fast and then we went into winter break, but I started mm. in October. Wow. Um, so I'm really only four or three months in and I started the beginning of October. I now am the social media manager at Wayfair Studios. And um, for Justin Baldoni, who is the co-founder of Wayfair Studios.
0: And he's an actor, right? He's an
2: actor, director, producer.
0: Well, he does it all. Wow. Yeah,
2: he does it all. Philanthropist. was
0: well, he on Jane the Virgin? So right? that's
2: what he got. His big following from was Jane the Virgin. He's Raphael on Jane the Virgin. Mm. And um, but he's so much more than that. like he's an amazing director and he did the movie Clouds and Five Feet Apart. Clouds is on Disney+. Plus. Clouds is on Disney+. Plus. I think Five Feet Apart right now is on Netflix. Uh, We like Netflix. Two tearjerker films. Fair warning, if you want to ugly cry in front of anyone you're around, those are the films to watch, but they're beautiful. Um, And a lot of them are based on true stories. At least Clouds is completely true. And Five Feet Apart is based on um, a girl that Justin met, I believe, while he filmed a different series called My Last Days about Mm. people who we're dying um from
0: cystic fibrosis. Yeah. And we were reading Tyler and I before you got here about mm-hmm. Wayfair Studios and they have a very uh, nice mission statement. Yeah, it's a unique mission statement. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. yeah. So
2: that was a huge like reason why I switched companies. I was um headhunted on LinkedIn and they were like, "Hey, like Do you want to be a part of like telling stories that are going to help change the world and, you know, spread positivity and really try to change Hollywood in a way that hasn't been done before? Um, And I was fascinated by that because as cool as the glitz and glamour is while you're here, I think we all hit a point where like, oh, like we have a lot of influence and these stories that we tell do really matter. What do we want to say? And what do you want to be a part of saying? And I think COVID really woke that up in me as well. Um, But yeah, Wayfair is just, they're trying to tell stories that matter. And, um, you know, like everything is humanitarian in Mm -hmm. what we do.
1: So, yeah, aside from the movies you're making and the impact that they have and the messages they're trying to convey, how are you seeing this mission statement, like, manifested at the company?
2: Yeah, I mean, just the work culture is fascinating like it is I have had so many moments where I tell leadership I'm like hey guys like this is different like I haven't (laughs) experienced anything like this one of my first times in the office like I was talking to the assistants and everyone was like hey it's really different here just so you know like everyone's voice is heard and if you want to be a part of something like and you can bring something to a project like we'll see if we can get you in there and it just it's it's so collaborative, and it's, so, it's such a safe space as much as that word is used in so many different contexts. It really is. And they're there to grow and learn from each other, and it's so cool to see, like, I don't know, like, if you need a mental health day, they're going to respect that, and they're going to see what they can do to help you, and they're really striving for everyone to have balance in their work life. Like, we start meetings off by saying, like, hey, what's something that brings you joy? And what's something like that makes you um, happy outside of work or what's something you're grateful for outside of work? Like Mm -hmm. what do you live for? And it's just it's 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 crazy. I don't know how to explain it. And do you
1: think that puts people in more of an open mindset? Like when going into these meetings, like they would probably say things that they might not have said. And they
2: like and they're very honest about everyone's feedback and no one feels like they have to deal with personalities per se or Be careful on what they say um, with egos. I don't think anyone has an ego at my company. I think the egos get left at the door because it's a different type of company in Hollywood. And I think that's one of the biggest things Hollywood struggles with is egos. I think it ruins companies.
0: I think that's so nice that you... I, I mean, I feel like almost anybody in Hollywood wants to create stories that have an impact and an influence. And that's nice that you are in a position already that you could make that choice and make that step to choose movies that have an impact that you're behind the creation process for
2: yeah it is really cool i was when i received the message by the recruiter i i wasn't looking at the time you know i'd spent a long time at the other company i was at and there was just something you got to trust your gut in those situations and like if something seems interesting explore it and I explored it and I, I had so many interviews. I had like, I want to say eight. If I don't know if I'm being dramatic, but like many interviews and many doors to pass, pass through to even get into that company. But if it's meant to be, it's going to work itself out. And like, I just, I'm grateful that they found me and I found them. And I think it's a good fit so far.
0: That's great. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and I guess, so from working at Atlas, I, Atlas, the where we i was the intern and you were the internship coordinator yes. and, and other jobs as well i feel like that's much more of an old school hollywood type of company it
2: was so, it really is
0: so comparing your job at atlas to this job at this new hollywood Wayfair studios what are some of the differences that you like or dislike or notice? Yeah. well general? i think
2: the major difference that i have to remind myself at the end of the day is like this is a studio verse like atlas is a production company okay. and they um you know they didn't have like a overall deal with anyone but they are atlas and they're one of the big boys in hollywood mm-hmm. um you know the movies they make are multi-million dollar budget movies
0: wonder woman justice yes. league some of
2: the highest budget american hustle yeah mm-hmm. big big headlines big theaters big distribution and now I'm going to a company where it's a lot smaller and the budgets are smaller and um, the, the ethos was different, right? Like Atlas is very commercial while Wayfair is going for um, against the grain, I would say, because they're trying to tell stories that aren't being told in Hollywood and really help out with um giving voices to people who haven't been heard yet Mm -hmm. so was
1: that really it for you like you really wanted to be a part of the process of telling stories that haven't been told before
2: that was a huge huge part of it but another part of it was you know at, at atlas i was an assistant and i am so grateful to like my mentor who was my boss and he taught me so much along the way, as well as many mentors at Atlas. Because I wasn't only an assistant, I was an intern, I was the mm-hmm. receptionist, I was the intern coordinator, the AV editor. He did it all. <laughs> I even you wore, you wore many hats I, at yeah, Atlas. <laughs> I even did interior design there. I helped redo an entire new office space with my mom, <laughs> who they hired. <laughs> it was the coolest job and like the coolest start in Hollywood. But. I was on track to be a producer and like that was what I was striving to be. And I still am to a point. Um, But we started to dabble in the digital space at Atlas. And I found that that's where my strengths lie. And that's where a lot of my passion is. And it's through creative digital storytelling. I love being a part of marketing. I love um, crafting a brand. I loved making decks. I could spend hours and days and weeks making a deck So that's when I went to Wayfair Studios and it was a social media manager role, which I was also social media manager at Atlas. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I love doing, but didn't get to spend my entire time doing that. When at this company, they have a whole marketing team. So now I'm really doing marketing um, and I'm on that side of the entertainment industry, which is great.
1: So what does that look like? What is the bulk of your time at this company doing as a social media manager?
2: Yeah, it's different all the time. and. I was lucky I came in with a lot of the skills that I built at Atlas. So I, um, I do a lot of video editing. I do a lot of social um, video cuts for our podcast called Man Enough. And then I do some for Wayfair Studios, which is the main page, and then Justin stuff. So a lot of it is content planning, um, going in and doing analytics, going in and strategizing for the year, like what movies do we have coming up? What content do we need to make? um, Going through decks, making sure decks are good and tracking like online conversations, seeing what our audience is saying on the podcast and on the movies and making sure we're a part of it because that's what we love about like social media at our company is um, the human to human interaction rather than like focusing on growth, which we're Mm -hmm. doing, but we really want to like be talking to our audience.
0: Too. So you, I was. Just, so you're still producing, but it's just at a small, or not even a smaller scale, but just... Like shoot. a digital yes, scale. Yes, a digital scale. Yeah,
2: that's kind of how I like to look at it. It's like you're a digital producer. So let's say Justin gets a brand deal. Um, we look at the guidelines of the brand deal, and then we would come up with how we're going to craft the video or the assets needed to be mm-hmm. posted. And then we go and film it wherever we need to. I'll cut it. Um, come up with the copy, work with Justin and his team and my marketing team who are amazing um, and go from there. But yeah, it's producing in a way for sure. We have budgets, we have all of that.
1: It sounds like you wear a lot of hats no matter where you are.
2: Yeah, it seems to follow me around. (laughs) I think I do that to myself. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I know how to do that. I'll do that.
1: Is there one thing that you're like the most passionate about in all of this stuff? Like I'm sure there's some similarities between the producing digital content for Atlas and... Yeah.
2: What do you mean, like?
1: Like, is there one thing in your day-to-day job that you that resonates with you the most? Like, is it the video editing, or is it the you know helping with the decks? Yeah, it's
2: like the development part of it, and that's where my roots come in. Atlas too mm -hmm. is the the idea guy. I love being the idea guy and being able to be like, okay, let's brainstorm creative ways we can do this. Like, ah, like I have this cool idea to start this digital community for the podcast. Like, let's let's look into that. And then let's go into the steps that are needed to launch that. I love that. And then going through and being able to create the deck and present that to the company and then get feedback. And I love brainstorming and that creative aspect so much. Plain I could do scenes. it all day. Yeah.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. It, what I noticed, too, when we were looking at Wayfair before, I feel like a lot of companies that have these mission statements of trying to change... Uh, Hollywood, in some sense, don't necessarily focus on the stories and the content that they're making. They focus more on the internal structure and and what they're putting out into the world, not necessarily if it's a good movie or a good show. But, I mean, from looking at just the data from Five Feet Apartment, that was in theaters that made a ton of money. it seems like uh, Clouds had a lot of uh, views on Disney Plus as well. Uh, like, how do you like not just the company that you're working for, but the stories that you're making? as well? I
2: love the stories. Yeah. And what was cool was um, I love YA, which we were kind of talking about Ooh. before. And those are two YA stories. Um, and the content itself is just it's stuff you can watch with your family. It's stuff you can watch with your boyfriend. It's stuff you can watch with your friends. You can watch it alone i love the wide audience it reaches Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. no matter who you are whether you like action whether you like love stories whether you like kids tv shows i think you'll find a character that resonates with you or a human story that you can see yourself in and that's the most important part about making a movie is having the audience resonate with some part of that that's how they become connected with it so it's creating that connection, um, and that's that's why I like the stories they're telling, and like looking at our slate, all of our films have that.
0: That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, do you get to have any involvement in those upcoming films as well? Like, are you involved in the development process at all?
2: In a way, yeah. And I'm still so new, so I still right. and they like they onboarded me. <laughs> Mom, you come me. back
0: in, in uh, three months. <laughs> yeah, check-in. seriously, yeah. a check-in.
2: Let's, let's stop this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay,
1: I'll go.
2: <laughs> um no but what was fascinating so i got a deck of all the films we were doing okay and i one i just thought that was different because i don't know about you guys like how in the loop you get to be Mm -hmm. at other companies sometimes things have to be hush hush for a reason but this company really tries to keep the conversation open to all employees because they want everyone to feel like they're involved um and at the beginning they sent like An email being like, hey, like, we just want to see, like, which projects are the most interesting to you and, like, which ones do you want to see made? And they did a vote throughout the company just to see, like, where the interests are falling on our slate, which I just I thought that was fascinating in itself.
1: It's really cool. Yeah. I
2: just like they immediately sent me the full deck of everything we have in development. And I was like, whoa, like, how cool. I never even got to see some of that where I was before. Which is nice.
0: That's really that open policy
1: that's really nice
2: yeah it is and it helps you learn too and it helps you understand what the company is trying to make yeah too and the taste of the company
1: so you say that these movies can you know appeal to a wide variety of audiences right but when you're doing this social media strategizing and all that kind of stuff what is the demographic that you guys are kind of going after is it that ya young well it depends so
2: like we have so many different accounts and different brands within the studio so for Man Enough, the podcast, mm-hmm. we are trying to reach men um, and women, though. And What, what is Man Enough about? So Man Enough is based on Justin's book called Man Enough. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all about undefining masculinity and um, looking at the patriarchal stigmas that masculinity has been under um, in the last you know forever and why why is it that we say men can't cry why can't boys cry
0: and is the podcast is it two people bantering back and forth all the whole time are they bring on people yeah so
2: there's three hosts we have um justin baldoni mm-hmm. liz plank and jamie heath um and then we bring on guests so some of the guests we've had are like matthew mcconaughey glennon doyle um wow I was just editing this and now they all slip out my brain. (laughs)
0: Matthew McConaughey, he's a big one though. Yeah, he was a really big one. That's one of their first ones. They had
2: Karama Brown. They've had um, some really great uh, influencers within the community of this space. So this guy named Kier Gaines, he's a therapist, um, but he has a huge digital following. We've had TikTok influencers. We have, uh, we had Justin's wife on, Justin's dad, all really cool, like, interesting conversations. And it's all raw conversations you know yeah. like it's about seeing a different perspective and what does man enough mean to you and mm. how are you you know we had like a country star and hearing his um perspective on it is fascinating like in a very male dominated uh, so you bring on world. the
0: other perspective as as well and kind yeah, of yeah
2: but even in that way like these are people who are trying to help change things mm-hmm. and, nice. and trying to help um bring a different view to it, which is cool.
1: Of all the guests, was there like a favorite answer of what it means to be man enough?
2: Oh, there's so, there's been so many cool ones. And like, I edit a lot of the social clips, so it's, it's hard to say, but I think the one that always stands out to me is someone asked, like, he was like, okay. And like, what is man enough to you? And he was like, it's not like you're not man enough. You are just enough. You're human enough. And that's Mm. what it should be.
0: Cool. All right. Well, there we go. We just plugged another podcast. Yeah, uh, go check it out. Yep, everybody stop like, listening. go to the Instagram. Right <laughs>
1: we have other episodes of The Mailer, by the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but first, listen to the other episodes of The Mailer. and yeah. Then you can listen to Mandy. In, in that order. order. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. it so, um, also, social media itself right now is like, I feel like, the Wild West. There's so many yes, alternatives to be posting and how and to it's reach people. changing
2: every day. Every day.
0: So how, as a social media manager, are you managing that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say, it is a lot. And you have to commit to being on your phone a lot, mm-hmm. which you have to realize, like, how to balance mental health with that mm-hmm. because that's not healthy.
0: <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on TikTok all the time. Exactly. I, I don't like being on TikTok. It doesn't <laughs> it'll, <make> feel
1: <laughs>
2: It'll <laughs> suck
0: you into a hole.
1: You get a lot of screen time.
2: Yeah, I get a lot of screen time, but I just, I learned my hours of putting my phone down like when I'm online. Um, but how I manage that is I time block my day. So mm-hmm. the mornings are for like engagement and responding to people on all platforms. Um, what are the
0: platforms that you're focusing on?
2: My focus right now and where the industry is going is short form video. So that's TikTok um, and that's IG reels. So those should be, I mean, that's, that's what the reports say. That's where we see a lot of people's time going. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen a shift in Instagram recently. They're changing up the way you see the feed because I think um, they have to compete with TikTok now.
1: Instagram kind of like. Fell off for a little bit. It
2: kind of still is. I falling. have
1: something yeah. to say
0: about Instagram say reels. Say it. So <laughs> Instagram reels, when you would watch. So let's say I was scrolling through Instagram and a reel would come up on the square of the Instagram.
2: On your feed. Yeah. And then
0: I watch it through mm-hmm. and I'm and on the square. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I want to click on this and make it full screen. When I would click on it, it would start the video over. Mm. and it would not be at the spot that I was at when I was watching the video in the square. Oh,
1: you got beef with Instagram. And I'm really yeah. frustrated. Yeah. It. I didn't mean,
0: like that. I think they might have fixed that now. But if Instagram, if you're listening, you haven't fixed it. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is there. definitely listening. <laughs> and I, was, I will say on the record that TikTok is a much better app than Instagram for reels, for short-form video.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. they're... That's what they're built off of.
0: Well, look, the, like inst- the, you, the TikTok came first. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're team TikTok. Team TikTok. Team TikTok. Yeah, team TikTok. yeah
2: but that's I'm like.
0: Use the full screen. <laughs> Even though we only use Instagram,
1: we are. Team we're TikTok
2: not on TikTok anymore.
1: yet. We're but... not on TikTok. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> we'll
0: be on TikTok. <laughs> yet.
2: We'll be on
1: TikTok. <laughs> Yeah. We just need an intern. <laughs> right. You want to hire an intern us? Yeah, you... Yes. Yeah. I will do yes. all the interviews.
0: Or you can just do our social media. Yeah. <laughs> pro bono. I love it. Add it to the list. Yeah. Pro bono social media. But we'll get you guys doing all the trends. All right. you know, we might blow up. You never know.
2: You never... That's the coolest thing about TikTok. Is you could have a bunch of videos and one random one will blow up one day. And then you are you we
0: are have now. A, we have a friend like that. Vince. Yeah. We do. Yeah. There's a, We have a friend who posts on TikTok like 10 times a day. Oh so like gosh. one's bound to blow up. Yeah, And I think a few have. That's yeah. great. I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't think his life has changed or anything, but. uh Hey, it's still some, like cool to
2: see that happen cool. though. Yeah. You know, like even with Justin's videos when we brainstorm ideas and like, it's, it's fascinating to see the ones that do well, you know? And it's like, okay, which ones hit over a million? And then you're like, all right, like more of that.
1: Do you guys ever like test the market with TikTok, seeing like if audiences would be interested in a specific topic before going into development on a film or something like that?
2: Um, we have, not that I know of, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but I think something, what's really cool with TikTok and Wayfair right now is we have a book that we optioned and it's one of the largest books on BookTok which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what book Talk is, it's the book community on TikTok. Um, get me on
0: BookTok.
1: We're just plugging everybody I a, right I now. I have a New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, I
0: need to read more. So I need to get on oh, BookTok. Yeah. I'm
2: crazy on BookTok. I read like a book a week.
0: So. Wow. I need to do that. Yes. How many books did you read in 2021?
2: I couldn't tell you. A lot. <laughs>
0: more than 50?
2: Probably, yeah. I wow. mean, and then that was in 2021, I was reading a lot of scripts too and books and... That's that's what you got to do.
0: That's like what you have to do. Yeah.
2: And then also like reading self-help books is so good for you. And they're easy reads. And like I listen to books when they're for me. Mm -hmm. And then I read books when they're for work. So I have a physical version for work. And then if I'm doing something for me, I listen to it because it's easier for me to differentiate that i'm not working
0: so i have a question yeah. as somebody who reads a lot mm-hmm. and somebody else tells you like oh i'm really interested in the entertainment industry but i don't read that much Or do you have like a little bit of a judgment against them like oh well you're not gonna be successful
2: I don't have judgment, but um, <laughs> I am talking about me. Yeah. Bro, yeah, I'm not reading. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steven's
2: like, this is what I think.
0: Do you agree? <laughs> well, I don't read that much. I read like five books last no, year. No,
2: I don't think so. But I think it's important to like... Okay, so it goes back to developing your taste, right? And mm-hmm. what type of things you want to make. So if you're more about finding real life stories or going back in news archives and being like, hey, there was this... Crazy mobster, no one's ever made a movie about. Like, let's do that. Like, that's like a journalistic, almost way of filmmaking. Then, like, that's your thing, you know. And find right. your taste a way of finding things. For me, what I found is a lot of what I liked and how I think is when I read, I view things as a movie or as a TV show. Or I'm a very visual thinker. Mm-hmm. So when I read, that's how I've always read. Is I viewed it as a movie. So that's why I love reading and finding source material for films that way.
1: I think it's important regardless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely. I have the same New news. But business. then, then like read, as an assistant,
2: like if you're not reading the scripts and it's hard for you to read and like, think about when you were an intern, you had to do coverage and mm-hmm. you had a deadline and mm-hmm. if you didn't hit it. Like that's your first impression. Like right. I remember that first two weeks we'd always test the interns and see who was fastest at coverage and who was good at coverage and like actually read the script. Wow. Um,
1: it's intimidating.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's the industry, right? Yeah, like I mean, I you have to put in the work. Tested
1: like that. You <laughs> didn't know you were.
0: <laughs> that's you That was bored. my thing.
2: <laughs> I remember, well, that's what happened to me. My first week as an intern, um, one of the executives came up and he was like, he was smirking. And we were all, all the interns were like in this little bullpen. And he had like a script, like thick, mm. just a thick script and it was actually a book which i didn't realize but it was printed Mm -hmm. and binded um it was 600 pages almost 700 pages and it was a dense sci-fi novel he was like hey who wants coverage and no intern raised their hand so i like raised my hand i was like i'll do it like yeah for sure um and i did it within a week and i spent like i would stay up all night reading this god-awful sci-fi film like god-awful sci-fi book and just wrote like Ten-page coverage because it was so long, and that was how I made one of my first impressions at Atlas, and like, was able to get coverage that other people didn't get. From did it. you
1: intrinsically want to read that, or did you do it to make the impression?
2: I I just wanted anything. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have coverage, well, and like, and I, when an executive comes up to you and. Says who wants this, like you say yes. (laughs) I
0: I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculous. Nobody raised their hand. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And that's of like
2: (laughs) things like that were part of the reason I interned for two weeks and then I got hired. So, like, I had two weeks to make the impression. And then they looked at the intern class and was like, okay, can we hire any of these people? And they went to me, which was really cool. Yeah. And
0: this was at Atlas. Mm hmm. So you in that in those two weeks you had read one giant sci-fi book and yeah then something <laughs> and and I
2: like helped out with the facilities team and like I was such a spaz I would I they'd be nothing to do and I was like, okay I'll go organize the paper closet and mm-hmm. I will ask around if anyone needs, like, something. And I went to the fridge and cleaned it out. There's Noelle wearing the Hatch. <laughs> everywhere,
0: everywhere you go. go. I remember yeah. when I interned for you, I went and uh, gave me a little feedback at the end of the internship. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember you said something along the lines of, that i was. so nervous a- right now. <laughs> like, it was good feedback. Say? That's what I wanted to share. Oh, okay. It. But <laughs> I I was very, I, I would say I was a, an eager intern. Like I was always asking for things to do. But I think the way I was asking was a little more out of, I have nothing to do. Is there something to do? Yeah. When the way I should have been asking... Uh, was a little more of like how can i help this or coming up with ideas yeah of things that i can help on my that's own that's a good point being more of a self-starter rather than uh what can i do what can i do and yeah
2: it's fine i would always tell a lot of the like intern classes that is being proactive is key so like finding something or observing something that's not working in an office and seeing how you can make it better mm-hmm. i think that's like a part of being a good assistant that's part of being a good producer that's a part of being a good like life skill yeah yeah Uh,
0: that's feedback i'm getting now at at my current job yeah
2: it's 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 so important
0: people like that because they don't want to always have to tell you what to do
2: yeah exactly and that's like one of the first steps into like getting out of being an assistant because let's say you become a coordinator or you become a creative executive somewhere Mm -hmm. um you're on your own. Like you are reporting to a boss. Yes. And like presenting potential projects, but like you have to find those projects and then you have to find the next step and packaging. And there's so much proactiveness that goes into Mm -hmm. that.
0: Um, Also when you're at going back to reading a little bit, when you're at Wayfair, the projects that they have in development, are those mostly drawn from a source material, like a book or are they New projects that were originally developed as a screenplay.
2: They have a handful. You know, it's different. I think they have some things that were on the blacklist. I think they have things that are from a film. I think what I was saying earlier—I don't even know if we got to it. Um, but we have like a book talk film that's really Uh, big right now. We're We're so all over. (laughs) We left book talk. We left book talk. We're coming back. But no, we have a book called "It Ends with Us," um, and that's what our community is like strong on right you know, like that that community of listeners and it's one of the top books of the year um it's huge so we're really like social strategy like i want to give that community more to play with online mm-hmm. um so we have that we have things from true life stories we've got documentaries we have things um lots of, they have so much in the works that's why i really like the wide variety mm-hmm. that they're telling there it's not like we only do like true life stories or we only do um comedies you know they they do everything which is cool
1: It's really fascinating and I don't I don't really know too much about this but like when in the development of finding a true life story right mm-hmm. are these sourced from news articles or are people just digging around like personal lives of if, interesting characters it's everything. different Okay Like
2: at least when I was an assistant and I I was so I was really hungry to get off of being an assistant. Mm -hmm. I just, I hate being an assistant. Okay. Um, We can talk all about that. (laughs) Like I loved my job, (laughs) Yeah. but I don't like assistant administrative work. It really just not where my brain thrives. Uh, And I don't think I'm very good at it. (laughs) So, but I would hunt for stories all the time and I love true life stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the ways I did it was I watched a documentary on Amazon that like no one had watched really. It wasn't very talked about. And it was of, like, a really famous photographer that his story hasn't been told. And that was a way of trying to find something. And then you have to dig into the life, right? See who's alive. See who you can talk to. um, See if they're even willing. See if someone already has something like that in development. Uh, You could also do it through, like, reading a biography. Or your friend's dad is a crazy person. And you want (laughs) to tell his, like, surfer story. Or, you know, there's so many ways to do it.
1: So being at this company, Wayfair, now, what is your goal? Like, what do you want to contribute to them, like, long-term? Do you want to be the person finding these stories? Do you want to be, you know, producing in the capacity that you are now? Like, what is it? It's
2: a good question. Um, I see myself keeping on growing with the marketing team at the moment because what I love is, like, I love the stories they're finding. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel that the company is such an open door policy that if I did find a story on my own, I could definitely present it to them. Digital and I've heard spot. of that at and, the company and as well. And then that
0: story would just remain in the digital space and it doesn't have to go beyond that. Depends. Okay. I mean,
2: I think they would, whatever the story is meant to be, will find its way of being told, whether it's digitally or if it was a film or a tv show um but yeah no i see myself growing in marketing right now i'm just i'm really hungry to learn i'm learning so much at this company um but like future wise definitely like helping with marketing plans and crafting the decks and crafting the visual story with the team and that's what's cool about a studio is you're a part of so much of that as well Mm um and yeah i i hope to like be like some type of creative marketing director or something like that one day
1: that's really cool because i feel like if you have a good idea there are so many avenues at this company that that it can go down like there's a story that needs to be told and you might envision it as a film but it could eventually just end up being on the podcast or it could be you know in your digital space yeah has that happened have you like witnessed that
2: um yeah i think so uh I'm trying to think, oh yeah, so we have, you know, through the podcast, there's producers on the podcast, and sometimes conversations spark another route for another TV show, and we explore that, or or another podcast, or let's say someone just rocked a podcast, and you're like, damn, like, that banter was great, your story is fascinating, I want to hear more, we had to cut off the podcast, it was so good, like, let's keep talking to those guys, and let's see if they want to do something, um... It, it just could be anything. It's it's a whole new world here, you know? And I love that they have all those different avenues.
1: Like an incubator. That's yeah, really smart. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's just dipping your hands in as much as you possibly can and seeing what sticks yeah. and moving it around, depending yeah. on where it needs to go. It's really a, it's a very smart new way of doing entertainment. This emerging yeah. media. It's I, emerging media. How, sure. how old is this company?
2: I want to say... Don't quote me on this. Um, One to two years old? Oh, wow. Maybe three.
1: So they were...
2: um, (laughs) I think they like switched names once they grew a little. I think they were Wayfair Entertainment. And now as a studio and they have all the backing, they are Wayfair Studios now and they're very fresh. Our whole team is like... I'm always like, I'm the new kid. And everyone's like, we're all new kids. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) So what is the difference? I feel like maybe we touched on it a little. But what is the main difference between a studio and a production company?
2: I mean, I think the difference I noticed the most is less waiting, you know, at a production company. You have to get... There's different paths to getting something made, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is... Um, there is selling it to a studio, and then you're the production company with the studio, and but the studio is in control. Um, so that's like if we took a pitch out to... Let's say like Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers buys it. They're in control. They're the money. Um, you are the creative and the production team and you're helping make sure this movie gets made. But at the end of the day, when you're watching those cuts at the end, if Warner Brothers doesn't like it, they have the go ahead to change it, mm. you know?
1: Cause they put up the money.
2: They put up the money.
1: Right. Um, mm. and it's,
2: they're distributing it. Like it's their film. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still the production company who produced it. So I just, there was a part of that that would be frustrating it was so much waiting, you know, like something could be in development for like 10 years and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then get made. And it's just like, I wanted to see it get made. And what was so interesting when I went to Wayfair is they are a studio and sometimes um, they wait to get distribution, but they'll make the film first. So they'll make the film and then get distribution later on. we had two films like we filmed two films we're in post on two films this year um, but well, they they just did it and like and then this new year we are filming i think another film and i just i haven't seen movement like that like fast movement in a long time so that's the difference i would say is you can make something quicker
1: so we had a a girl who worked at icom cbs doing marketing and one of the things she said about working in marketing specifically is that she kind of gets to have her hands on all the different facets of the company that she's working for, you know, interface with all those different kinds of people. Would you say it's the same here? Like, you get to interface with the podcast people, the film people, the TV shows, everything.
2: Yeah, 1,000%. I mean, and I'm still being integrated in, so I was brought on to really help. The marketing team is growing, and I was really brought on to help Justin because his socials are extremely important for the entire brand of the company. Mm, Of course. You know, at the end of the day, like, He is, um, a lot of people know who he is and that's, uh, really helpful. So how can we get his audience to also know Wayfair Studios and Man Enough? So that's a part of our strategy there. Um, but yeah, you dip your hands in everything and that's why I love marketing and you are so creative all the time. It's a creative job. It's so much, um, like art, you're creating art and you're telling stories that way and, I get to interface with the president of the company. I interface with our head producers on the podcast. I'm on set for the podcast. Um, I'm on, like, on call at Justin's house, like, taking photos of his family and him. And there's just so many different things. Or I listen to podcasts that he's a guest on. And Mm -hmm. I'll join the Zoom and listen in and take notes. So we know what are some key moments we can use later down the
0: road. And does Justin have his own assistant as well?
2: Yeah, he has two assistants. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a huge team. I mean, like... They really tried to make it so everyone's lives are balanced, like I said. And I think they saw a hole where they needed help with his socials. And then I was able to come in and be like, hey, I also want to help with the studio in Man Enough. So we're focusing now on like looking at the studio's socials this year. Um, but then now I am a social editor on Man Enough now too.
1: So this passion that you have for almost strategic creativity right where yeah. does this stem from
2: um like my backstory i
1: guess what's the first like recollection Back you in had
2: 1998 <laughs> uh no Is that when you were born yeah
0: you're the youngest here
2: yeah it's wild
0: wow <laughs> what 96 tyler ni- i was 97, 97. we're both 97 yeah uh, well, i'm March and
1: december maybe, i'm december so. yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> um no i always was into this like since i was a kid yeah um i was a dancer an actor um, a musician my entire life i always thought i was going to be a performer and what,
0: was it was your family also in... no <laughs> <So> <laughs> they it are really not well okay <laughs> no
2: so my i take that way back my mother is an artist okay. um she's a mixed media artist so she my entire life My parents are complete opposites. My dad's an Italian Jew from New Jersey. Nice. (laughs) Uh, uh, Same. Yeah. There we go. Um, You know her dad? No.
1: (laughs) Rubenstein. I mean, I know a bunch of (laughs)
2: Rubensters. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, no, my dad is a left or I don't know this like very strategic man. He's a CPA. He is. Italian. He is feisty. Calculated. Um, Calculated. Very. And my mother is an artist and she is this little like free spirit. Wow. (laughs) Opposites attract. Opposites. Opposites. But as a kid, my mom, we always create like creativity was really important in our household. So you come home from school and she'd be like, okay, we're going in the studio and we're going to create like free draw or you know, it it was just our entire life was like that. Okay. Um, and they put me in dance, they put me in acting and music, and it was all things that I asked to do as a kid. Um, and I pursued all of that. I thought I was gonna go on Broadway, I thought I was gonna do film acting, I wanted to be a Disney Channel star so bad. Oh, wow. Um but You still can Yeah, I still yeah, you can, still right? Can. <laughs> Uh, Disney, hit me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I, uh, I found a school that specialized in entertainment because I didn't really know what to do for, like, a major because dance was over for me. I had um, scoliosis surgery. Oh. So I have, like, a rod in my back, mm-hmm. and that was a moment in my life as a teenager, you know, that, that pivots. It's a big pivotal moment. It helps you grow, and it helps you realize, like, okay, I'm not going to be a performer in that aspect, but how can I be part of the stories and how can I still be a part of it? I found this school called Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and they have a great entertainment program. Um, And at the time, I knew I wanted to be in marketing because that's what I'm good at. I always Mm -hmm. was good at things like that. So I chose music business. And what I wanted to do was um, brand, marketing for music festivals I was really passionate about it for a long time mm-hmm. um, but then I did the Disney college program mm-hmm. which is a whole experience in itself You, it's like studying abroad but living at Disney, at Disney.
0: in Disney World? yeah I went that's to Disney so World cool. oh my goodness that's my uh, dream I was a uh... I could live in that castle <laughs> and sit there it's your dream I drink butter to beer. a point to a point like, it's not my real dream
2: it's okay. like It's so cool. And I made such great experiences. Um, It's a huge interview process and it's super competitive. And I became, they choose your role at the park based on your experience. Um, And I was always a dance instructor, a ski instructor to kids. I was an art instructor at my mom's art studio. So they made me a Jedi trainer instructor. No way. (laughs) So I was a Jedi trainer and... I spent six months at Disney, and what I realized was the impact of these films on people's lives. And the same with my life. I mean, I was highly impacted by Disney growing up. I don't know about you guys,
1: but mm-hmm.
2: these were that's what I spent my time with. I watched Hannah Montana. I watched Peter Pan. I, it made me believe in magic. It taught me morals. And there was a light bulb moment for me where I was like, wait, I need to be in film and TV, not music, um, even though it all encompasses itself. So when I left that internship, I came back to L.A., or came back to Nashville, and I did the Belmont program that sends you to L.A., and they get you an intern, or help you get an internship, and I got one at Atlas Entertainment, and then, you know. How
0: did you get that internship?
2: I knew um, a girl. I was in a sorority for a minute, <laughs> and um, it wasn't my thing. One minute. One, uh, for a little bit, Six I, seconds. <laughs> literally, I, yeah, I, it
0: was like it sorority it,
2: life man. is cool. Um, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just had a hard time like attending events that I didn't need to be attending.
0: <laughs> Fair
2: um, anyways, one of my sorority sisters, she was an intern at Atlas and loved it. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, I'm having a hard time getting a film internship. Like, I've applied to over 50. And I had no film experience. I had no idea how the film industry worked. My resume was that, not ready for
0: even robots Even with the either. Disney college program, there was no help from I there.
2: applied to every Disney like professional internship that what i learned later down the line is those are some of the most competitive okay. internships you can get because mm-hmm. they're paid and they pay you well right oh they pay like well i think it's like 22 bucks an hour no way for an intern I... <laughs> you guys should do an episode about like pay in hollywood by the way
0: yeah every episode could be about paying in hollywood yeah. how much do you get paid <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can disclose that but yeah.
2: it is fascinating the difference yeah um, But anyways, back to that, I got that internship and I got an interview with whoever was the intern coordinator at the time. I think Mm -hmm. his name was Logan. And I remember in the interview, um, I like told them I worked at Disney and like I was super passionate and I, my, one of my best friends and roommate, old roommate, she was in the room while I was interviewing. She was like, that girl's great. Like, she's like a little Disney, like princess, like we're going to hire her. And like, she's super enthusiastic. And she's actually the person who ended up hiring me to be the receptionist later down the line wow but, um, look at that crazy enough but I was um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this but I was still in school when I got hired oh, at I I mean,
1: we, yeah, we oh let's hear that. this <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about
0: let's
2: hear this <laughs> um, what I, year were you so I was a junior okay. when I, um, this was
0: your summer is this summer is this was a some it spring was a, fall I
2: started in January so it was spring a semester, spring semester, semester spring semester junior year and I was a little behind because of the Disney college program.
0: When did you do that?
2: The semester before. So when I came back from Disney, I was like, oh, I'm done with college. I just want to go work. And I just, you get that experience of working in the real world yeah. and how much you learn when you are hands on versus in a classroom, at mm-hmm. least for me. Um, and I loved college, but I felt like the first two years I got the college experience and then I was ready to work. And I, I just want, I was so hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was interning at Atlas. I was a junior my spring semester. And two weeks in, who quit? Um, The receptionist. No, the the intern coordinator quit. So the receptionist was getting promoted. Mm -hmm. And there was a reception position open. And I had been there two weeks, and I had made an impression on Lauren. Right,
0: by reading that whole 600 page. <laughs> yeah, and then, hour. like, helping
2: out after hours and just doing whatever was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called me in her office, and she was like, hey, can I talk to you? And immediately, I was like, I'm in trouble. I'm getting fired. Like, what did I do? And she was like, hey, like, so, like, what's your school situation? Like, how do you do school? And I was like, it's all online, which is – true to a point it was online that semester Mm -hmm. i was supposed to go back to nashville she was like would you like ever be interested in like a job and i was like what do you mean like a full-time job and she was like yeah like hypothetically if the reception position was open would you take it or want it and i was like yeah of course and she was like and you could do that with school and i was like 100 (laughs) percent." no way i was lying i had no idea if my school would let me do this i didn't know anything about this job (laughs) and i just they say, like, when that opportunity is given, you take it. And it's your first foot in the door in Hollywood. And I felt like that was it for me.
1: Wow.
2: Um, and I said yes. I called my counselor after leaving. And I was like, hey, I think I just got a job. Would you be able to work with me? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how we can make this work. Like, we don't have all these classes online. And I was like, well let's figure it out (laughs) (laughs) and i did the research i found courses that would transfer over from ucla extension um and i took the job and i loaded on 24 hours of credits while working a full-time job that you work a lot of overtime um, so
1: were you taking night classes at UCLA? I would about?
2: take night classes after work. So, um, <laughs> I would stay at the office until midnight doing my finals. Oh, and like, goodness. I knew the cleaning crew by all name. I knew everyone in that building's name because I was there all oh, the time. God. And then I would do, um,
1: it's I like would just, me anxiety. I was, <laughs> I looked back on it and it
2: was like the hardest time of my life, but I wouldn't have changed the way I did it.
1: Yeah. You, you did it yourself. Yeah wow it was crazy oh my um and
2: then I got promoted after being reception like after two months and I was still really in school um and I didn't finish school until I got had got promoted again and I was an assistant and I had to like tell my boss when he hired me he was like oh like so where did you go to school and I was like I am currently at <laughs> Belmont University and I will graduate in May 2020 um and we went into a pandemic my like mm-hmm. first few months all right. doing that
0: oh yeah
2: Mm -hmm. So I had to learn to be an assistant during a pandemic at home while also doing finals my senior year. Did
1: that help or hurt? Hurt. It hurt. Okay. (laughs) That was a quick answer.
2: Yeah. Being an assistant is all about the relationship you built with your boss. Yeah. And that dynamic and knowing to understand what they need. And that is so hard to do virtually. Um, Enrolling calls. I don't know if you guys rolled calls during pandemic, but, like, we did. And it was just so hard.
0: Yeah, right now I'm working from home, rolling calls. It's I, I was on... So here's something I didn't know. If you merge a call, right, with you and your boss on an iPhone, and then you hang up on that call, it yep. drops the drops call. The oh, yeah. It's terrible. I didn't know that. Oh. My bad. <laughs> I didn't mean to. And then I had to call back and oh, get it yeah. back. But I, I just... Because usually... When I'm at the office, if I do that, I can hang up mm-hmm. and it's fine. Cause they
2: want you to drop. So what okay. you'd have to do is like put it on mute and then just like put your phone down and you're yeah. like, okay.
0: <laughs> but I hung up and dropped the call. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling cars, calls is hard. Yeah. If you one of those Cisco phones. Yep.
2: Yeah. It was really hard and It's hard. yeah, but that was my working and.
1: But you graduated I and you graduated. were an assistant.
2: Yeah. So I graduated while being an assistant.
1: During Uh, the pandemic. During
2: the pandemic. And then I was an assistant for almost two years. Um, I was right about at my two year before I put in my notice and left for waiver. So
1: this assistant position was doing what?
2: So I was. (laughs) (laughs) um, I was the assistant to the president of the newest division at Atlas. So we had acquired a company um, called Hertzberg Media. And they were the new literary, or they are the literary division of Atlas. So mm-hmm. it's literary managers. And he also had a different ethos than most like literary managers. He really developed as well with his um, clients if they wanted his help. And he took this really hands-on approach and creative approach. And I learned so much about storytelling and what makes a good script and taste and they were sin, like cinephiles, like, right? Like mm-hmm. him and his protege, who's another manager there, um, they are cinephiles and they taught me so much. And I, I wasn't even able to learn like, they know film history like the back of their
0: hand. Oh, my hand. God.
2: But I brought in the <laughs> YA tapes. The YA You know, and, and like, I balanced them out. <laughs> While
0: well, well, you're watching all these old movies, here's what's going on right now, Mr. Yeah. Boss.
2: <laughs> no, I love old movies, too, though. And like, they loved horror, though. And I, I just, the only horror film I think I like is Midsommar, that type of film.
0: That's a that's a movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's creepy. It's creepy. Really. It sticks but same director. I yeah. saw that in the movies and I had nightmares for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it too. <laughs> but yeah, I was a literary manager and he he had a lot of clients who were like showrunners, like that level. Um, and a lot of directors who were really, really talented. And I, I miss working with some of those clients. A lot. Yeah. They were That's great. That's
0: really cool. And did you learn a lot in that role as well? So
2: much. Yeah. I mean, you learn... You learn time management, you learn scheduling, you do emails, you roll calls. I also did a whole office redesign. I helped him start launching another new division and oh, helped wow. really, I, sh- I was on track to potentially become a digital manager in which we I was already operating pretty much in that role. Um, and we started talking to YouTubers and I would meet with YouTubers on how we could help them and wide variety of stuff. Wow.
1: so two years and that first year was your senior year of college, mm-hmm. and then second year is your first year out of college. Pretty much, yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah, what was that? Was that like a lot of off your plate? Like, yeah, was your it was degree... fascinating. It must but have been then literary. I like
2: I always stack it on. Like I'm, I just that's when I helped him start doing that newer division. So it, I was doing, and I was still working for. So it was called Atlas Literary, mm-hmm. but I was still also working for atlas entertainment at the same time because i still ran atlas entertainment's social media which i launched with them so i kept doing that while being his assistant while also launching this newer division so i technically had like three roles so you
1: compensated for dropping the college work by adding on rolls.
2: Yeah. <laughs> more work. <laughs> <laughs> I said bring it, bring it on. Bring on more. Work. <laughs> yeah. You
1: thrive with a lot of hats.
2: I guess so, yeah. Well, but it gets I... tiring. You get burnt out. You have to be careful. I think I got a little burnt out at the very end. And that's like
0: a little. Just <laughs> yeah. a little burnt. Out. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, just going into this break, this last like break we had, yeah. I was exhausted and I didn't realize how tired I actually was from not my new job, but my old job. And I never... When I started at my new job, I didn't get a break in between. I started the next week. And we were on set. So there was no, like, you just got to go do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like you're in the right place at Wayfair. Because they value, you know, the work-life balance. And they value your opinions and everything you have to say. So yeah, how has that been in contrast to overworking yourself?
2: It's great. I mean, it's, it's fascinating because, like, I was a pretty small team at Atlas and now I have a larger team mm-hmm. and it's, it's hard for me to ask for help. I have a very hard time doing that because I, I'm just, that's my personality. I'm like, I can do it all. Sure. Maybe sometimes I can't. Right. And I'm learning to ask for help and understand this support system. Um, I'm but sure you're
0: even looking for more work <laughs> at, at the company as we speak. All yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's I, one <laughs> thing. Yeah. To a point. But I
2: think, I really I'm looking at this one as like it was a pretty big pivot you know you're Mm -hmm. now on a marketing team and I hadn't done marketing um I was marketing at Atlas a bit but it's it's new and I'm uh, I'm taking it day by day and I have time to like read the trades which is so nice and really catch up and like I'm trying to build all my skills like I'm taking more graphic design courses and taking a writing course and trying to like just that's nice. I think this is like growth time now. Good, good. <laughs> right. You
0: need it. Yeah. From that whole story. Yeah. I know. That's a lot. That's impressive. It's a lot. You're a go getter. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I'm just I'm trying to take it as it comes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got it. That's the biggest best advice I've ever been given is trust your gut and like follow where it's telling you to go. Mm-hmm. And it, so far, it's been good for me. So. All
0: right. Well. Let's uh, let's sign out of here. It was great having you on.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on, Noel. You,
0: you're really, like, a
2: fun. go-getter.
0: It's, it's such a great story. Thank
2: you. I, I like I don't get to tell it that often, so when I do tell it, I'm like, oh, shoot, like this is kind of long. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Well, if anybody ever asks you and you don't have the time to tell them, just send them to the mailroom and they can listen <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah.
0: It's like a digital here. resume, you know? Just
1: tell them your story.
2: It really it's like, is. here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. And then we'll get more. It's a trade-off. It's everybody, everybody wins. And we're
2: going to get you guys on TikTok. TikTok.
1: sounds good yeah you'll
0: Wait, be trending let's in partner, time. why don't we partner with wayfarer studios and you can pitch us yeah, yeah. i don't make that
2: call yeah give me a few more years yeah.
1: all right well we'll check back in 30 days. <laughs> 30 days sounds good
0: um all right well thank you so much for coming on uh, again, we are in the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals.
1: Thank you to Ross for producing. Stephen's brother. Yes,
0: my brother, he produces the show. Oh. It's a little team. It's a little family affair. Yep, a little family affair. You've, you've known him for
2: six years, so look
0: at that. Yep. yep. Wow. That's it. That's it. It's us. Here we are. Boom. Well,
1: thanks again. <laughs> this was an awesome episode.
0: <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>